0: Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Cheyenne Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. We are across the street and around the world. Shine.
1: Hello, Cheyenne Hills. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Julie Fogg, and I'm here this morning with Nathan Winters. Nathan, thanks it's so much. It's good to see you,
0: Julie. Yeah, it's been too long. It
1: has been a long time since I've hung out with you in a podcast. I was podcast. going to say, Galen, and
0: you sure have changed your appearance.
1: Well, like, I know. You know. Galen, he decided to grow his hair out. You know, it's summer, and, you know, why not? His you
0: know, voice kind of pitched upwards it, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah,
1: it, it works out <laughs> for him. So.
0: But, no. yeah,
1: you know, I just thought this would be a great time. Galen actually has been doing a really cool thing. We're recording this during. Frontier Week. And he has been going out every day as a chaplain for the contestants for the rodeo, spending some time in prayer with them and doing a devotional. And so that's been a great, great thing for him and a great outreach for for him and for our church and certainly for those contestants as well. So so I'm in his chair today and get to spend some time with you. No, that works. Well, I'm
0: excited for that because uh, (laughs) to impact these people, uh, it, to impact their lives as they come into town. That's exactly what we would hope for across the street and around the world. Absolutely. That's great.
1: And I don't know if you were able to catch it, but he was able to do an interview with one of the uh, bullfighters, and his name oh. is Dusty Tuckness, and that okay. was a part of the weekend services, um, the first weekend of Frontier Days. And oh. so uh, it was really neat to hear about his faith and and just how he he talked about how he stands in the gap for these uh, cowboys and just like Christ stood in the gap for us. And so it was That's a really great. neat analogy. And so it's been wow. getting some, some plays around the social media world. So it's been yeah. cool that he's That's been able excellent. to make those. So you've been doing some amazing things as well. Maybe yeah. you can catch us up a little bit. Well, yeah, on what's absolutely.
0: Going on. So I was out of town, uh, all of last week, and uh, in in Washington D.C. at the Family Policy Foundation's Statesman Academy, oh wow, which is wonderful. We uh, had leaders from around the country get together, but also it was wonderful on Capitol Hill on Wednesday evening. We had um, um, Minority Floor Leader Kevin McCarthy from mm-hmm. the House and uh, um, Representative uh, Jim Banks from Indiana, who is the head of the Republican Study Committee, and about 14, 12 to 14 other congressmen. Actually, I lost track because there were so many that came.
1: Oh, wow! And it was just
0: wonderful to hear them talk about how their faith touches public policy, which is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, in a culture in which people try to get away from the idea that a person of faith should be involved in anything, mm-hmm. um, it was wonderful to point out how um, their faith actually uh, builds them up as moral people mm-hmm. and it makes them better equipped to uh, work in public policy. And so for them to share that to elected leaders
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, from across the country was just wonderful yeah. at the Statesman Academy.
1: That's really cool. And you got to speak at it and maybe tell us a about, about well, what you spoke about.
0: That was astonishing. So on Wednesday uh, morning, we had Um, Congressman Molinar from Michigan speak and did a great job. And then I spoke on Thursday morning and then Oz Guinness, a hero of mine spoke (laughs) on Friday morning. And I thought this is extremely rarefied air (laughs) (laughs) for me, but uh, God really blessed it. And uh, I, I was, it was just truly an honor uh, to be there uh, among all those other people. Yeah,
1: maybe you can share yeah. a little bit about what you spoke about, then tell yeah. us a little bit about Oz Guinness and your your time with yeah. him as well.
0: Uh, absolutely. You know what's so amazing? Uh, so uh, I picked this up. One of the events that we had was held at the Museum of the Bible, which, oh, by the way, if oh, you ever get to cool. D.C., you've got to go. Yeah. Um, it's a half billion dollars. So the people, the Green family who started Hobby Lobby, Yes, okay. Um, uh, They're people of tremendous faith, Mm -hmm. and they have put a lot of money into putting the Museum of the Bible together. And there, they um, had a special exhibit on the Magna Carta. They, of course, have tons of artifacts from Israel. Uh, And you can see how the Old Testament was formed. And then they have a lot of manuscripts from the New Testament. And it's just, it's glorious. It's six stories tall. It takes up an entire block and uh, it's amazing. But uh, while I was there in their bookstore, they had this mug, which it says, be strong and courageous, which is how we always close our program. That's great. And I thought, well, and not only that, that really was the topic of our Statesman Academy. Really? Because when we talk about, uh, standing strong together, which was the theme, mm-hmm. uh, it really takes all of us standing together, standing strong. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the topic of my conversation mm-hmm. and, or my, my talk on, um, Thursday morning, uh, what I was talking about, the Bible tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. but of power and of love and of a sound, sound mind. mind. Mm-hmm. And then I walked back through in the book of Exodus, uh, a situation where that really played out in the lives of the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. And so God really used that. I used several illustrations from my own life and and watching my children. And uh, I I, I'll tell you in brief, uh, (laughs) I know we've got a number of things, but uh, one time I, I walked downstairs, this is when we still lived in Thermopolis and I heard a kid whispering. And as a dad, I've just found that when you find kids whispering, you need to go investigate, (laughs) you know? It's
1: usually not a good thing.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, I found my youngest, and he was probably about uh, five or six maybe at the time. And the lights were out in our laundry room, which is a basement room anyway, so it was already sort of dark. Mm. But I could still see him. And he had a cowboy hat on that (laughs) the brim had gone kind of flat. And he had an eye patch on one eye, and he had a red sash draped around him. And he had his PJ pants tucked into his socks. I don't know what that means. (laughs) And uh, he had um, kind of a collapsible lightsaber. Okay. And it was out and he was waving it and he was talking. And I looked around, there was no one else in the room. And I heard him say something like, well, you better come out here or I'm going to get you. And I, (laughs) uh, so I just stood and watched, you know, when you have a scene like that, you don't want to break the scene. Right. (laughs) And so I just kept looking at him. And finally, though. He kind of jumped, because I think he sensed something else, someone else was in the room, uh-huh. and when he turned around, he let out the highest-pitched scream <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. It was, by the way, as a dad, that's a glorious moment. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> when he did, though, I, I, uh, it turned into a giggle real quickly, and I said, son, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm in here catching dragons. Oh and I said, oh, really? And it dawned on me in that moment that in his mind, he really was in a cave uh-huh. with a dragon. And he had a sword, but not much else. And when he sensed another presence in this fictional cave mm-hmm. in his mind, it was real. Mm-hmm. And the dragon had gotten him. And what I wanted to, what I brought out of that was the fact that many times we're engaged in battles that are in the mind. Mm -hmm. And they may not be necessarily real, but they are definitely battles in the mind. And when we look at that, the way that we interact with our culture today, Mm -hmm. a lot of times we forget the fact that Peter wrote, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. And yet many Christians react in fear. So Mm -hmm. what is causing that? Mm -hmm. And that is a battle that's in the mind that's playing out in their actions. Mm -hmm. God instead has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Mm -hmm. And that was the, the, topic of that, I, I went through several elements from the book of Exodus. But.
1: Awesome. Well, yeah, that's really important because how often do we find ourselves in fear of of speaking truth or, or even just standing for what we believe in and feeling like we have to pull back because of whatever a consequence may be. And so we end up staying silent or not reacting or not yeah. doing anything. And so it does make it really easy to just stay Captive in those right. thoughts in your head, and so yeah,
0: yeah, that's, that's powerful. I uh, one of the things to bring out of that is that I think God does push us up against difficult and impossible situations mm-hmm. to help us to grow in our faith. Mm-hmm. And this is what I was drawing out of Exodus. Um, Pharaoh, after the ten plagues, the tenth would being so horrific that the the oldest uh, boy in every uh, throughout the land, the oldest person uh, it was just they died mm-hmm. and so finally the 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 nation of Egypt were literally giving gold and silver, please just le- we'll pay you to yeah. leave And Pharaoh turned around shortly afterward and turned to the commanders of his army and said, listen, they're going to get entangled in the land. and the point I wanted to bring is the world expects us to be entangled in the world. Mm. And so the children of Israel, though, they, they broke through all of those entanglements, but now they found themselves up uh, confronted with a red sea mm-hmm. with nowhere to go. And it was then that they looked up to the horizon and saw the dust clouds coming of Pharaoh's armies. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that moment, mm-hmm. there was tremendous terror. They even said, Moses, you've brought us out here to die. Right. They had just watched God do amazing things in mm-hmm. Israel. Mm-hmm. And now in a complete lack of faith... They responded instead in terror. Mm -hmm. And it was then, though, that God brought the triumph. And so I think God sometimes allows us to get into these impossible situations so that we can truly see him. For who he is, and that should be true for us today.
1: Absolutely, and how easy is it when when I'm working out of my own strength, then I don't really true. need God. And I mean, boy, I found myself in that, those kind of situations all the time. Like, well, you know, I, I and that's where I think even finding areas of ministry, you know, I talk mm-hmm. with people that are are looking to serve all the time. Sometimes that serving in an area that is not necessarily in your strength yeah. is it's so much easier to give God the glory and to, for him to be able to fill you to pour out and and it's so important to rely on his strength and not on our own.
0: Amen. Yeah. That's important to remember. And so when we talk about being strong and very courageous, mm-hmm. what you just brought out and I appreciate very much is you can't be truly strong and courageous in your own flesh. Mm -hmm. It is something that comes from a relationship with someone who is greater and stronger than all. And this Mm -hmm. is something that oftentimes we forget, Mm -hmm. and it's an important doctrine of the faith, and it's called the omnipotence Mm -hmm. of our God. Mm -hmm. God is all-powerful, which is what that word means, but he is all-powerful. And so in our own flesh, there is no power. the the Satan is the prince and power of the air. Mm-hmm. He is he is um a, a terrible foe. Mm-hmm. And so and he absolutely can slay us, except that we have a God who is greater within us than he that's in the world. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about God. Mm-hmm. And so God is the one that gives the victory. God is the one that makes us strong and very courageous. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah and I think it just takes one of those little types of situations where you realize that, you know, I, I am really completely powerless. I have zero control right. or, or very little control over, yeah. I mean, certainly circumstances. and or I, But what I do have control is of who I choose to, to draw my strength from. And if I'm yeah. try, trying it from me, I'm never going to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. If I can draw it from God, then he, he's faithful every right. time. So,
0: you know, that you, the, the series that you're currently going through broken mm-hmm. together really comes to that. God allows us to all have some sort of brokenness Now that brokenness, brokenness looks different mm-hmm. in different lives. Uh, Galen and I last conversation that we had, uh, we're talking about different ways in which our lives had been broken, mm-hmm. but this, the same thing is true for us today that God allows us to walk into those difficult circumstances where there is no answer mm-hmm. other than himself so that we can see our own brokenness, but how he as the master potter is the one that puts us back together and mm-hmm. makes us useful for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. That is the highest goal for a Christian.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Nathan, tell us a little bit about what's coming up next in your your world.
0: Oh, yes. Well, I'll be uh, traveling out to Virginia okay. to speak To the Family Foundation in Virginia. And and it's just a wonderful, that is a well established. A group that's very similar to what we are starting here in in Wyoming, but it's uh, much much larger and has been around much longer. Okay, but to go and speak to to those people and encourage them, but also uh, people that work alongside them, so across uh, from across Virginia, and the amazing thing is, I'll be standing in the uh, the place where many of our fathers in the faith fought for religious freedom. Uh, It'll be within about an hour of uh, where a couple of men, Isaac Bacchus, uh, John Leland, great pastors from that era, actually because they had felt persecution themselves. Uh, one of them had actually been whipped uh, for for preaching he was a Baptist minister and was in a Congregationalist uh, state and they whipped him in the town square wow and so you think about that but those two men heavily influenced both James Madison and Thomas Jefferson and so what we're talking mm. about today religious freedom I'm going to be right there where those guys were and those kind of historical facts are never lost on me and shouldn't be on anyone right because it's what we stand for today
1: right it's the the backbone really of our country and in our government and just as that started so very cool and you said you're going to be doing some sightseeing as
0: well well they set aside just a little bit of time yeah uh, to just travel in that in that rough era area Uh, we're going to be fairly close to where uh, Monticello is oh yes Uh, um, and and there's just when you go to Virginia. There's there's history everywhere. Oh, and so
1: yeah, you can't I, hardly take a step without yeah. seeing it.
0: I did yeah. ask. I said, "How close are we to do with anything with James Madison?" I, it's hard to choose a favorite founding father, but James Madison is in my. I don't know where to place him. He's either at number one <laughs> or he's definitely in my top three. Yes, you know? okay. But uh, Madison, uh, you know, he was in Virginia. I don't know how close we are, yeah. but uh, anyway, it's going to be a tremendous opportunity. But more than anything, just to minister and then watch how those that that organization, how God has allowed it to develop through the years. And frankly, I have a ton of questions myself. Yeah. Uh, just to see how they do things.
1: That'll be really cool. Well, I have a question that might put you on the spot a little sure. bit, but I was listening to a podcast about Thomas Jefferson. And they mm-hmm. mentioned a little bit about his faith and how he would piecemeal the Bible together in order to make mm-hmm. it work for him. And so I'm just yeah. curious what your thoughts are about Thomas Jefferson's faith. And, you mm-hmm. know, was, was he a believer? Was he more on the agnostic side of things or? Right. What's your thought?
0: I don't believe he was an agnostic. This is intriguing because history is a long-term debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we look at data, and then different people will try to draw different things out of it. Sure. Which in our current uh, climate, uh, intellectual climate, there are many people that want to paint him as an agnostic or an atheist, actually. Mm-hmm. He wasn't that. Um, first of all, this approach the, the subject of the Bible. Uh, he did uh, cut portions out of a Bible. And, um, but those portions, some people have said he just tried to cut out all of the, uh, the miracles that isn't necessarily true. Not in the actual Bible that he did this for Mm -hmm. what his, he was contending was that if you look at a moral ethic, they were talking about different folks like Lao Tzu and Confucius. And you look through, um, uh, um, many of the things that come out of India Um, He was pointing out that as a moral ethic alone, um, the Bible stands head and shoulders above all else, Mm. apart from uh, what it tells us about God, God, but that it is even just as a moral ethic, it Mm. it ranks supreme. And so that's what he was attempting to do to prove that out. There's a great book Mm. on that subject called The Jefferson Lies, where it points that many people say, so let me just come back one more time and uh, point out something else. Thomas Jefferson was a deist, uh, as was Ben Franklin. Mm-hmm. A deist in that day meant something than a, different than a deist today. Okay, They were certain that one, there was a deity, and they were fairly certain that that deity came through the Judeo-Christian uh, history. So they okay. felt, felt very certain about Jehovah God of the Old Testament and Jesus Christ of the New. They certainly were not assured of which specific denomination was right. So they're looking at it, if you look at it, um, just 250 years off of the reformation, they weren't sure about all the claims between the various denominations in the struggles that had occurred prior to them. Mm -hmm. So they knew they believed in God, but they didn't know which church they would go to.
1: Gotcha. Okay. And so
0: that really is something to remember about Thomas Jefferson. The other thing too, is because of his faith, Thomas Jefferson who owned slaves, and that's, immoral Mm -hmm. he also recognized that immorality and struggled all of his life to try to figure out how to set his slaves free Mm -hmm. and so i I think that that's something also very there was a there was a conversation going on where they were trying to figure out how can we set uh, uh how can we make all men free, knowing that all men are created equal. How Mm -hmm. can we make that happen? Knowing that if we set them free, other people might snatch them right up, uh, which was built into the Virginia law at Mm -hmm. that time. So that was a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. And secondly, there was no way to actually pay for their manumission. That was one of the other elements. And so these figures from from history are complex. Mm -hmm. Every person that you know has a complex history. And so I don't think anyone that would be listening to this show would want to be summarized by one specific act they did at one time in their life. Absolutely. We all have complexity and Thomas Mm -hmm. Jefferson is one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks for kind of talking about that a little bit. I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing. So I I appreciate you unpacking that. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us and giving us a little bit of updates and look forward to hearing from you when you get back from Virginia. And I'm sure Pastor Galen will be back with you in studio. Well, I've enjoyed
0: seeing you again. It's just been great. I appreciate what, what you do for this church and and what this church does for Wyoming.
1: Well, thank you very much. So well, in the meantime, Cheyenne Hills, thanks for hanging with us and be strong and
0: very courageous.